Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. Hey everybody, welcome to the Zoo Week 2 College Football Knee Deep in It. This is Sex Panther. Join with my good buddy. You know, I was just thinking about this. Zebra, we've we've been friends now for damn near twenty years, maybe even a little longer than twenty years. What's going on, Chubby Zebra? You know, just another beautiful day here in our community as fall has shown up this week with some rather cooler than normal temperatures, and it is definitely feeling like football season. Yeah, well, don't get used to it. I, I heard high eighties and maybe even touching ninety over the next week or so but maybe, maybe you can avoid that friday night when you're back out on the saddle any hiccups that we need to talk about friday to trip and fall get run over by a linebacker or anything like that nope no 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 problems whatsoever had a couple uh unusual calls had a block in the back on an interception and uh then i had a blindside block later on in the game and have reviewed both on film and both were uh excellent calls by the zebra uh, excellent call Re- reassured from the man upstairs right well, reassured for myself when I'm looking oh. at it on film. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you get the officiating calls, correct? How are we doing on your college football picks? Let's talk about last week. Well, last week, the Zebra avenged his one and four start with a three and two finish. So, a uh, positive week, four and six now on the year. Uh, does result in a negative 2.6 units, but uh, last week was positive, and we're looking for more momentum going into week three. That's about all we can do when we get, we get in the bottom there just grind your way back you're not going to get it all all back any of those games that really kind of ticked you off particularly the two that you lost i i was really surprised by alabama's performance uh that 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 really kind of i won't say ticked me off but i was really surprised that that game was as close as it was the one if anything's going to tick you off is is iowa i you know i gave them the benefit of the doubt that the offense was going to show up they had a touchdown on the board less than three minutes into the game great defensive stop Wonderful special teams play, short drive for a touchdown. I thought, ah, oh, you know what? I was going to get this thing done, and they lose ten to seven. That offense is pathetic, 
And that's probably being nice. <laughs> they make Notre Dame's offense look like a juggernaut. We'll talk about Notre Dame later. I think if those two played, the totals might be in the 20s. Oh, gosh. You know, you know what? Maybe take the under with those two defenses. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I went – what did I do? I went 3-2 and two last week. Got a total of 7-5. and five. But one of the things that I am tracking this year is when we agree – and we agreed on the Alabama game. We took that one on the chin. So we're actually one and two on the season. I know we're on two games today. Uh, we're on the same games. We don't talk about which sides we're on. So I will be curious to see where we're at. But let's get this party started. We're going to start with uh, you sent me your list. We're going to start in Memphis. The Arkansas State Red Wolves coming to town. Uh, yeah, the, the the Red Wolves' explosive plays have, have been an issue of late with Arkansas State, and Memphis could pose a huge problem with the offense that they have. Last season, Arkansas State's defense was not in the top 100 for either pass explosiveness allowed or run explosiveness allowed, and that defense lost six starters, including four of their top five tacklers. Yes, Arkansas State did cover last week in the horseshoe, noted Obviously, you know, Ohio State was probably due for a little bit of a letdown after the emotional big win against Notre Dame the week before. But they still allowed Ohio State to average 10 yards per play, and that's mammoth. Last season, Memphis, they were 11th in the country in explosiveness, most, most of that coming from freshman quarterback Sam Hannigan. He averaged 8.5 yards per attempt and had a season-best 417 yards and five touchdowns against this Red Wolves team. Arkansas State does return former Florida State quarterback James Blackman, but his top wide receiver, his top running back from last year are gone. Their offensive line was a problem last year, averaging only 2.8 yards per carry and giving up 48 sacks. This year, only two of those five returned from that line. I expect Hennigan to have a huge game again against Arkansas State and Memphis to cover. I'll lay the 14 with the Memphis Tigers. And this isn't a game that I'm on. I'm just sitting here pulling it up, looking at the stats. And uh, one of the things I'm noticing in Memphis, first two games, Mississippi State, Navy, both of those on the road. This is their first home game. But their defense has given up 430 yards of offense, 274 in the, uh, in the air, 156 on the ground, 31 points per game allowed um, – to their opponents, most of that coming from Mississippi State, who scored 49 on them. But uh, listen, Arkansas State, I think, has been not a good mid-major, mid but they haven't been dog shit. Like, they haven't been terrible. Uh, 14 just seems like a lot. I, I'm leaning the Red Wolves here, but, um, I, you know, I'll just root for you here. Appreciate it. All right, next game up we're going to look at, this is on my list. You talk about Ohio State. Let's take a look at Ohio State. They're at home again against the Toledo Rockets. You know, they, I don't really have a problem with these schools that uh, play. They try to play in-state, mid-majors, kind of keep the money in the state, give a little notoriety, maybe scratch a check to the, the max schools. And when you play a team like Notre Dame or, in Georgia's case, played Oregon and some of the, you know, Alabama played Texas, I'll give you a pass. You can, you can play a patsy here and there. And Toledo comes in. Technically, I think when they signed up for this as a patsy, but Toledo's no patsy. This team can score. This team can put up numbers. I, by no means do I think they keep up with the Ohio State offense. Um, they get Jackson Smith uh, Jigba back this week. Uh, third straight home game. They showed a little bit of life with their offense last week, albeit it was against Arkansas State. Um, I think Toledo 
has got something to offer here. I don't think they win the game, but 32 points seems like a lot. Toledo's not getting shut out. They're going to score some points. I'm going to take the Rockets plus those points. I think that's a solid play. I mean, you know, Toledo, you got a bunch of local kids that probably grew up watching Ohio State, thinking that they were going to be good enough to go to Ohio State, maybe didn't get offered by Ohio State. This is their Super Bowl, kind of like teams going to Notre Dame. Uh, Toledo's going to come out and play hard. Ohio State does start conference play next week against Wisconsin, which is normally a bigger game than what it's going to be this year because Wisconsin's down. But is Ohio State, I think they're going to be very vanilla. They're not going to show a whole lot. They're going to get guys out when they have a big lead to, to, be, to save the health for the Big Ten season come along. Toledo's going to play guys until the final horn sounds. Might be a backdoor cover, but I like what you're doing there. All right. Next game up, we're going to your side of the schedule. You're going to touch on Alabama again. Uh, Alabama hosting Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks, one of the best names in college football. You know, week one, I, I had a loser with Louisville, and I backed them again in week two, and it, they produced a winner. Week two, I had a loser with Alabama. Uh, will I back them in week three? Uh, I took a pretty good hard look at this game. Last season, Alabama, they won by 42 or more points only twice. They beat Southern Miss by 49 a week after beating Florida by only two. And they beat New Mexico State by 56 the week after beating LSU by only six. The trend of dominating performances continued when they beat Georgia by 17 in the SEC title game after only beating Auburn by two. It's pretty obvious Slick Nick is a master motivator who gets the most out of his team after, we'll call it, quote-unquote, subpar performances. They're 13-3 and in their last 16 after and against the spread loss. The spread and total in this game are pretty close, though. And if you like, if you think UL Monroe can score a single touchdown, you're guaranteed no worse of a split by taking the points in the over. It's a strategy that I like to take a lot in early season games, but won't be in this particular game. I'm riding the I'm riding the trends in this one. I'm taking Alabama with their after the spread loss trend, and I'm going to lay the 49, looking for oh, a potential my. 56 to nothing shutout. Oh my god, I can't wait to tell Arch about this in the morning. 49 points. He's he's I think he probably just vomited inside his mouth. Uh, you know, here's the thing: Monroe actually played Texas to open the season at Texas, got their butts handed to him 52 to 10. So you're looking for another touchdown. Well, here's the worry. Alabama's going to cruise. They're going to kill them. They could very well be up by the 49 at halftime. I just worry about the, the backdoor cover. I worry about the, the calling off the dogs and taking it easy and sitting Bryce Young and, the, and everybody. Um, you know, I don't think Nick Saban, he likes to run up the score, but I don't think he likes to offer up a, a million dollars wherever they pay these teams to come over and get their butts whipped. Uh, and then – you know, put up a 60 or 70 spot. I think they can just how much resistance does Louisiana Monroe put up is the big question. Probably not a lot. I just couldn't get there. I could not get there on 49 points. So moral support on Alabama. Strictly a trend play. And the fact that I think they're going to be motivated after an ugly performance. Yeah. No argument there. No argument there. All right, next game up, we're going to take a look at Troy at Appalachian State. Appalachian State, I think I've been on them the first two weeks. Well, I've been on their games the first two weeks. Well, no, I wasn't on Texas A&M last week. But it's real interesting. You look at App State, 
shootout with North Carolina in week one. 124 points scored combined. There weren't even any overtime involved in that. Uh, they, they were a two-point conversion away from getting that into overtime, a game they could have won. Then they flipped the script, go on the road, take on Texas A&M, and it's a defensive struggle. Very, very just completely different games that we got from Appalachian State. Now, Troy has been a decent team for quite a few years, but last year they got roughed up a little bit. This year they've played two games, albeit only one of them count. I'm not giving them any credit for Alabama A&M. I don't, it's not even a Division One school. Um, but, you know, you, you look at Appalachian State with the talent they have, that second – Texas a that victory over Texas A&M was huge. Texas A&M was number six, but that's still that victory over the that team from Ann Arbor still near and dear to my heart. I just don't see how the Trojans, when you look at what their their recency, they lost 28 to 10 to Ole Miss. They lost 37 to 10 to Georgia State. They lost 45 to 7 to this Appalachian State team last year when it was at Troy. Uh, so they're getting spanked by double digits. I think 12 and a half. Dare I say giftish? Uh, I'm going to take Appalachian State here and, and lay that 12 and a half. Uh, I do believe College Game Day is going to Boone this week, so uh, I would expect that atmosphere to be crazy, to say the least. Um, they're going to probably start getting sauced Thursday night, and those those folks in Boone are going to be up early Saturday morning to welcome the Game Day crew. It's going to be a ruckus atmosphere. Yeah, I don't know if you saw any video of how they they partied after the road win at Texas A&M, but those folks know how to do it. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, be fun one to be at if we were anywhere close, but I, I can't blame you on that one. Uh, the only thing I can see is potentially a, a letdown after the big win at Texas A&M, but emotions are going to be riding high, especially with game day in town. Oh, all right. Well, uh, we've got eight total games. That's the first four. So we're going to pause here and take a break. This is where Mad Max is going to insert a commercial. So when you guys get a chance, just jump over to the book club and shoot me a message. I'd be interested to see what kind of commercials you guys are hearing out there. So Max, put it in there. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, and we're back. Now, I saved, I said we were a couple, a couple games that we're on together. This is one of them. We're going to take a look at Western Kentucky going to Indiana. I really cannot wait to hear your take on this because you are a Hoosier. Uh, I am a Hoosier alum. My Yes, indeed. My Hoosiers made a lot of changes after a disappointing 2-10 season last year. Coach Tom Allen brought in 15 new players just from the transfer portal. 
in their first game this year, the new look offense feeling featuring Missouri transfer Connor Bazelak, Auburn transfer Sean running back Sean Stivers, or Shivers, I should say, I'm sorry, and Florida State transfer wide receiver DJ Matthews, even though he was actually on the team last year but played very little because of an injury. They only gained 4.6 yards per play and a miserable 1.2 yards per carry in that first game. Last week, the Hoosiers trailed Idaho 10 to nothing at the half and had to rally to feed a team that was 4-7 and seven last year. The secondary, which was supposed to be a strength at IU this year, allowed quarterback Giovanni McCoy of Idaho to throw for 8.9 yards per attempt and three touchdowns. Western Kentucky has been a much more balanced offense this season through the first two games than they had in the past. Obviously, they had a record-setting quarterback, Bailey Zappi, last year. This year, more of a 50-50 split with a run and pass. Although weak opposition, having played Austin P in Hawaii, they still are averaging 6.4 yards per play. West Florida transfer quarterback Austin Reed can sling it and will look to exploit that IU secondary that is not living up to expectations. Western Kentucky, after having come back from the islands, they've had an extra week to prepare. And although the Hoosiers are 2-0, and this looks like the first of 10 straight rough games for the Hoosiers. I'd love to get the whole seven, but I'm still taking Western Kentucky plus the six and a half. You know, when I when I first saw this game, I honestly, I was just scratching my head at why the line was what it was. Western Kentucky is a fast-paced, high-scoring team. They've averaged 48 points per game their last five games, 43 and a half points this season under Austin Reed that you talked about. Uh, 551 yards, seven tutties, and two picks in just the first two games. When you dig deeper into the Hoosiers, here's one of the things that stuck out to me. So they surpassed 35 points or scored 35 points on only 22 minutes time of possession against Idaho. Now that could be an outlier come from behind, you know, they're down 10 to nothing, fast pace offense, whatever. But same story in week one, they beat Illinois and there was a ton of turnovers. Illinois had four turnovers and yet Indiana still only managed to hold on to the ball for 23 minutes in time of possession. So I really am concerned about Indiana's ability to stay on the field, give their defense some rest, and they're going to need it against this Hilltoppers team. These guys can move, they're fast, and they'll hold on to the ball. Uh, If this thing becomes a track meet, I think Western Kentucky wins this thing like running away. Not only am I in agreement here and taking Western Kentucky with the points, but I also might go ahead and, and not not necessarily on the show, but I might sprinkle a little bit on the money line because I think Western Kentucky wins this thing outright. I'm in agreement. Give me Western Kentucky. Uh, based on the way we've done so far, congratulations to Hoosiers on moving to three and zero. Right, right. That's pretty pretty true. Uh, next game up, you want to take a look at the Michigan State Spartans at the Washington Huskies. Yeah, we said early in the season this year, we're going to take a look at more top 25 matchups and, and, and take a stab at some of these. This might not be the best play on the board, but it's one that I'm going to take a shot at. When 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 looking at this one, a, a lot of people might wonder why Michigan State is, is an underdog. Uh, you know, they haven't won their first two games by a combined score of 87 to 13. Sparty, they did fix some of the issues in their 52-point outburst versus Akron last week. But quarterback Peyton Thorne still finished with just 50% completion percentage uh, in his first game against Western Michigan. 
Thorne's going to need to be much better versus a vastly improved Washington team. Washington's quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., uh, a Hoosier transfer, his reunion with Caleb DeBoer has started off, I think, better than people could even hope for in the in the great state of Washington. He's got a six TDs, one interception, along with 183.5 quarterback rating. Injuries are going to be the key of this game. Michigan State's going to be without linebacker Darius Snow, probably who's I believe who's out for the season. And at least this week, safety Xavier Henderson and wide receiver Jalen Reed is questionable. Washington, they're not uh, without injury. They're going to be without their linebacker, uh, Ulifoscio. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name, but they're going to be without him and safety Vincent Nunley. Big Ten teams traditionally have struggled on the West Coast, and quarterback play between the two schools could be the deciding factor. And both teams are look might be – I don't think they're going to be looking ahead, but conference season does begin next week with a little tougher game for Michigan State with Minnesota than Washington has with Stanford. It's a long trip. I'm on the Washington season over season total over, which this would be a huge game towards getting that seven and a half covered. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride them. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that they get to three and zero. I'm gonna expect um, a, a, another solid performance out of Michael Penix. Let's just hope he stays healthy. I'm gonna lay the two and a half. I'm gonna take Washington, and this is one of those toss up games that I had early season. But if they win this one, they're well on their way to covering the seven and a half over. So let's kind of double up with Washington and take them minus two and a half. Yeah, I see a see a little trend here. You're fading the Big Ten a little bit this weekend. Um, this was a tough one for me because when you when you look at Michigan State and they got that little eleven next to their name, and then they're the underdog against a Washington team that, by all accounts, wasn't very good last year. They, they vastly underperformed, particularly on the offensive side. But you really can't take anything away from that now that they got Michael Penix there, who I mean, as you noted, very capable quarterback. He can sling it and he can run with the ball. I think the big thing for Michigan State is that the six and a half points that they've given up. They, they, they defense has kind of been the hallmark for the Spartans for a long time, uh, and they need to keep Washington out of the end zone. They, they've averaged 571 yards of offense so far this season. Now, granted, when you take on Kent State and Portland State, Portland State sounds like a junior college. I don't know how much love you really give that. Um, but I do think Washington State's offense w- will present a challenge, more so of a challenge than the two Mac schools have presented to Michigan State for the first two games. Not a game that I'm on. I'll show a little Midwest loyalty maybe and just lean Michigan State. Plus got that little that extra hook on that field goal. So uh, a lean on Sparty. All right, next game up for us, the second game of the one that we're both on. We're both on this game. BYU is at Oregon. What you like in this? Another matchup of, of ranked teams, which is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, BYU, they're coming off a historic program win against Baylor, having beaten a top 10 team at home for the first time since 1990. And it had been six straight that they had lost. While Oregon, they've mustered just 313 yards a couple weeks ago to, to Georgia. They did have an impressive 4.5 yards per carry in that game against one of the best run defenses in the country. So that's something to keep an eye on. They did get some of their swagger back last week when they routed Eastern Washington 70-14. to 14. BYU is a physical bunch. Uh, they had a physical contest and a double overtime win last week. It was very emotional. Very hard fought. 
that could be a major hurdle to overcome this week in Eugene. If BYU's wide receivers are out again, they're going to need to get more out of their running game to keep up with the high-scoring Ducks. This is Poth. This is possible. It's very possible that BYU and their physical front could get that done because Oregon has allowed five yards per carry, and they gave up over 100 yards on the ground to Eastern Washington. BYU obviously isn't Georgia, but then again, they're not Eastern Washington. Oregon, they've won 20 straight at home, although just two and five against the spread in the last seven. This is this is a number play for me, and I'm going to take BYU plus the three and a half in what I expect to be a very tight football game. Uh, this is going to be a fun game. I, I really don't get an opportunity to sit around and watch a lot of football, but this one, 3.30 Eastern on Fox, I'm probably going to be jumping on. BYU's battle-tested just in the first two weeks. Balanced offense behind quarterback Jaron Hall, 522, three touchdowns, only one pick. And running back Christopher Brooks has 166 yards and a touchdown in the early part of the season. The Cougars are averaging 38 points per game, but that Cougar defense is pretty dang solid. Maybe not spectacular, but they're rock solid. Here's the thing that stands out to me about Oregon. Now, granted, new coach, we, we've noted couple times, Mario Cristobal down in Miami. So we've got a new coach. But after beating Ohio State last year, the Ducks went on to barely beat teams like Cal, UCLA, and even lost to Stanford last year. The last four games against rank opponents has seen Oregon lose by an average of 43-13, to 13, including that 49-3 to 3 thumping that they took from Georgia just a couple weeks ago. Auburn transfer quarterback Bo Nix does not instill much confidence. I've watched Bo Nix for years. I I felt like I was watching him in the 90s. He's been around for, (laughs) feels like forever uh, when he was down at Auburn. But um, he went 21 for 37, 173, no touchdowns, two picks against Georgia. I just, against better competition, Oregon's got to show me something before I can start riding that train. I'm with you. This is almost like the Western Kentucky play. I'm taking the points because they're there, but I might sprinkle a little bit on the money line. I think BYU's got a real shot at winning this game outright. I'm with you. We're taking the Cougars for one unit. I, I definitely like the hook being on that. This uh, this a game could go down to the wire and a field goal winning it. So even if BYU, to you, BYU lost, we're still there by winning with the hook. What really impressed me last week was Jalen Hall and his leadership. Um, they're the BYU's kicker, Jaron Hall, I should say. BYU's kicker missed a couple key field goals that could have won the game. And the celebration was on when that game ended. And Jaron Hall obviously could have been running around, you know, celebrating with that. He went and found the kicker. And he gave the kicker an emotional embrace. The kicker was darn near, if not in tears. And he just stood there with him and and they soaked it in a moment. Uh, that shows me the type of team and the type of tight-knit group BYU is. That kind of thing is what takes you on the road and wins football games, besides the fact that they're physical and they're good. If BYU were to pull this game out, they've got a schedule. They do have Notre Dame on it at home. They do have Arkansas on it at home. They got a schedule that they could run the table and really make it interesting when it comes down to committee time to pick, pick the final four. They could be this year, Cincinnati. That uh, that be what the Notre Dame game is actually a neutral site game that's in Las Vegas. Um, but 
no home field advantage really for either one of them. But um, speaking of Notre Dame, last game up, the California Golden Bears are going to come to South Bend, take on the Fighting Irish. Oh boy, this is a tough one. This is a tough one to swallow. You know, Marcus Freeman's tenure has not gotten off to a very good start. Zero and three, and it really took it on the chin last week. We'll start off talking about California. You know, I had to dig into this because I don't pay attention to Cal. Honestly, you never hear anything about them. I had to look into into their last season and what they're doing this season. Of Cal's seven losses last year, only two were by double digits. Defense has only given up. 14 or less points in four of their last five games. Like this defense is stout. Jack Plummer. I'm kind of curious. He were related to Jake Plummer. Do you happen to know? I don't no know. idea. Couldn't find anything. He's thrown for 546 yards, four touches, two picks and 74 attempts through two games. So California's slinging the ball. They're throwing it at, you know, average 37 passing attempts, per game, and I think they might do the same here against the Fighting Irish. Tyler Buckner's out for Notre Dame. Uh, you know, I ne- never really root for anybody to get injured, um, but this actually I think is a positive for Notre Dame. Chris Pine, in my opinion, should have been the quarterback from day one. I really have never understood outside of the legs and Buckner's ability to run why they liked Buckner over Chris Pine. Um, but, or excuse me, Drew Pine, but Drew Pine, uh, he can sling it. Uh, he's got experience. He played last year when Jack Cohen was injured. And um, I think the team rallies around him. And here's, here's the thing. They have been so conservative. They, they've heard the noise. They're hearing it from the fans. They're hearing it from the so-called experts. They've got to open up that playbook. They've got to put that ball down the field. They've got to generate some offense because what we've seen out of them these first two games has not been very good. I think Notre Dame, now at 0-2, right? Playoffs are out. You're not part of a a conference. There's nothing to win other than experience and and get these guys some playing time and and go out there and just just push the accelerator Pedal to the metal, and let's see what we can do. I think that's what we see out of the Fighting Irish this week. This is a double dip for me. We're going to take Notre Dame. It's all to crawl all the way up to 11 in two days. Like two days ago, I wanted to jump on it was 10. We're up to 11. But the total, the total I just today went from 41. Now I'm seeing a 40 and a half. We're going to see some points here. Both teams are going to score some points. We're getting over that 40 and a half. So I'm going to drop a unit on the over 40 and a half as well. I was really shocked at the amount of rushing yards Notre Dame gave up to Marshall. Marshall didn't really get that many yards, but they really they they, they pounded them on the ground, and that that kind of surprised me. Uh, to answer your um, Plummer question, no no relation to former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer. This is the former Purdue quarterback who transferred out when uh, unable to beat out Aiden McConnell at, at Purdue. Uh, so he's from from Arizona, went to Purdue. Didn't make it there and wound up at Cal. So, but no, no relation. I, 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 I like your idea with points in this game. I think there will be points. It's a lot of points for Notre Dame to be laying. I, I'll give you moral support. I, I can't bash Notre Dame any longer. I've, I've had my fun this season with the two <laughs> losses. Um, you know, Notre Dame fan. I, I, I feel for you. I, I really do. Um, this is a game that you guys are going to get back on the winning track. Freeman's going to get his first win. I just 
don't know if it's going to be by double figures. All right. Well, that uh, that wraps up our games. Any final thoughts? No, I, you know, as I'm trying to get back on a on a positive side of things in terms of a unit play, took a couple stabs out there with the ranked games, uh, more so because I think they're going to be interesting to watch. I did like the numbers. I, I stayed under the key number of three with Washington minus two and a half, and I got the three and a half with with BYU. I like my sides on both of those games. I think they're going to be tight. I I think they're going to be entertaining to watch. And if you're going to watch just a, you know, if you're going to pick a couple games out just during the course of the week, those might be ones that you might want to take a peek at or spend a couple hours sitting down watching because they're going to be good, solid mid-September football games. All right. Going to be some good games. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, the, the degenerates love to play their parlays. These guys love their parlays. So what do you, Listen, I gotta make this easy, right? BYU um, and Western Kentucky. Might as well put those. Or should we put the other two teams in the parlay? Since <laughs> when we agree, it doesn't go well. Um. So you're talking? To, you're just gonna do a two teamer? No, we'll do a three teamer here. Let's let's see if do you like anything better than those two games? No, no, I I. I... I would rather lean on one of yours. You're the one that's above 500. I'm below 500. Let's uh, let's take one of yours and put it in a three-teamer. We're we're 0 and 2 in parlays this year, but you know, with a three-team parlay, all it does take you just got to hit one in the first five weeks, and you're playing a positive positive money. So, pick one of yours that you like the best. Add it with those two, and let's bring her home. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll just play with a bunch of points this week. We got BYU plus the points. We got Western Kentucky plus the points, and I think Toledo keeps it within 32. So we'll take those 32 points and see if they can't keep it around four touchdowns. Let's hope the dogs are barking. Let's hope the dogs are barking. Better than that stupid elf they got in Cleveland. Oh, man. All right, well, it's time to get out of here. You guys know the deal. We're hanging out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And mostly, it is the book club. You guys got to get in there and join the book club. We had three more editions today. And with two yesterday, it's, it's getting wild. It's getting loud. It's a 24-7 operation. So get in there. Join the book club. Shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you guys did last weekend, what you're doing this weekend in college football, and when it's all said and done, kids. It's all make some money, fools. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.